Hello, welcome to episode 14 of Other Side of the Rail. My name's Kelsey. Hello, Kelsey. Here with my buddy Keith. Nice to see you again. You too. Monday, November 15th. Yeah. And we have our sound guy behind the board, Tron's there. Hello, Tron. Hey, hey. Tron, I, I got so many compliments. So this past weekend, um, I was working at the bar for the Harshmallows on Saturday with you, Keith. You were. Um, and the amount of people that kind of talked about, like brought up the fact that they had heard the episode with you, loved it. Um, you're not allowed to leave anymore. Like, yeah, we you, wanted to cut you, but we don't care. No, like people you got a lot of really good feedback from people, from listeners. So you're, you're not allowed to go. Yeah. You're now part of this. I'm part of the other side. You're part of the other side. Okay. Awesome. I don't know if Thank I've ever you. seen you, you behind part, part the, the rail. but No, he's not allowed the other side of the rail. Go back Actually, there. the last time I heard about you behind um, the bar rail, you were in your underwear on Halloween. Oh, yeah. 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 Andy said you're not allowed to do that That's ever again. Right. Okay. Okay. As long as I know. But you, yeah. As long as I know. <laughs> be, yeah. Yeah. It should be said. <laughs> it, it I don't know the rules. <laughs> okay. Well, we're laying them down for you right now. But And we're excited today because we have... Um, a great guest in today that's yes. played live here on stage twice. Yeah. So the one thing I did want to mention before sure, yeah. uh, we introduce our guest today is that some of the feedback I was getting, and it wasn't negative, but on the weekend, a lot of people were just like saying, oh, Tron was great. And then I heard from actually two or three different people about how good and local our podcast is. It's right. like nice and local, which kind of stuck with me in my head a little bit. And the fact that yeah, I know we have listeners in Australia. I think we have some in France. Yeah, there's, I think, United 13 States. different countries now that uh, people are listening to us in. So that's pretty fantastic. But we are generally a local podcast from that's Muskoka. That's how we set out, right? Local businesses, mm-hmm. local events, local musicians, artists. But I think we should kind of, um, I wanted to kind of expand on that a little bit and maybe get out of our Muskoka bubble. So today's guest isn't from the bubble. No. We went just an hour down the highway yeah, they, to Aurelia. Way outside the bubble. Welcome to Sean from Ray. Yes, Sean. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. How was the the drive up from Aurelia? It was good. Are you live in Aurelia I, proper? No, I live in Oro. Oh, perfect. Oro Medante. Oro, Oro Medante. Are you, are you from there originally? or No. I no. Grew in, I grew up in Toronto. Oh, oh nice. All right. Yeah. What took you to Oro Medante then? Ah. What took me to Oro? I a woman. That's usually yeah. It was actually (laughs) (laughs) my beautiful wife. Right. Um, Yeah. Toronto to Richmond Hill to Barrie. That was like all in high school years. Kind of crazy. Oh, right on. Just slowly. How long you been there now? I've been in Oro um, off and on since '97. Oh, in the house I'm in, like since like or on the street I'm on since '04. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So I'm like seven minutes to Aurelia. Nice. 15 minutes to bury. What, like, are you on line nine or line ten? Eight? Line ten. <laughs> okay, let's not get into addresses. <laughs> well, we don't here. need to narrow down the address. <laughs> yeah. I, I like. I went to school in a, like high school in a really. Yeah. So I was on line twelve. My buddy lived on line nine. That's how we know. Yeah. You know the lines. You know the lines. I was calling it the other day the city. And I'm like, really, it's not a city, <laughs> but I'm so small town Muskoka. Yeah. That really is a city to me. It really is a city. Oh, Barry. I mean, it is a city, but it's not. It's not the this city. city. No. When I moved to Barrie, it was the same size as it really is today. Yeah, I think when I grew up in Aurelia, like Aurelia was, I don't know, maybe 18 or 20,000 people. Yeah. Barrie was like 28 or 36,000 yeah. people or something it's like crazy. that. It's crazy. Oh. I can't believe how fast Barrie grew over 
over really yeah. i mean both beautiful waterfronts and stuff i yeah. thought it really was going to be one of those places that just kind of up but just never but I it's like how Aurelia feels like maybe a little bit of an extension of Barry, but mm-hmm. still a lot smaller. I like I don't I like quite going enjoy to Barry really too more than Barry. Barry's too big for me. I'll go to Aurelia, but that's as far as I go. <laughs> we said actually, Rachel and I drove to Toronto yesterday, and we said we love going to Aurelia. We go to Aurelia like to Hutchinson Brewery. We go to Alley Cats, yeah. uh, the waterfront, Value in the Village, yeah. kind of a little date Sunday afternoon. And then yesterday, she's like, Barry's just too. Yeah, I, I think the, what I love about it really is the arts. So do I. I love mm-hmm. Peter Street and Mississauga yeah. and the art community. Yeah. My buddy Travis has got a gallery there and um, their whole uh, Starry Night Festival that they do in the summer. Yeah. They're very, very art forward, which is, you know, Aurelia and Huntsville have very similar type of yeah. artsy feel to them. They need and a I place like it. this, though. I know. They need a place like this. This, this, like this is very unique. It's pretty, yeah, pretty you know freaking cool. Everyone here that plays on this stage just absolutely loves it. Completely and, love and it. And we get just such positive feedback. It makes me feel good that we did, you know. I mean, when we built this place, um, stage was first. Yeah. Everything was done on the stage. Mm-hmm. All the electrical, everything. Was, the stage was pretty much done the before I even point. started doing anything else. Because that was, I mean, that's where we spent all the money here, too. Yeah. That's what we did. I mean, we ran individual electrical wires to everything outlet so the sound would be good we, tr- we tried to do everything to make the room sound great and then we lucked out because you can do all this and the wow. room can sound like shit right there's yeah, luck yeah that guy Tron. Tron makes it sound uh, pretty great in and this here, is no offense sure. any sound guys we've used no the of course because no. they're best, all great though. but he really yeah, is the best. Great. yeah so but you performed here at the hall before yeah. how many times I, i'm sorry twice twice they were one of our first they were one of our first acts you guys performed i think in december the first year we were open to a full house and it was great because most of most of the place was packed with people from Aurelia, which was amazing. Like yeah. All your friends and all your family yeah. came out and they, nice. they, they had huge support. And it was great for us, too, to uh, introduce new people to to the place, to the stage, and, and see a great band, which was... And Ray was actually my... F- definitely, if not my favorite band that's played here You've so said far. that to me before, yeah. long before podcast stuff. Yeah. He- I have a very that. soft that's a, that's a spot fact. in my He's heart. He's not just for, blowing smoke up your Yeah, ass. no, no. I have a very <laughs> soft spot in my heart for Hutch, and I booked them three times and all canceled due to COVID, and they actually got to play on Halloween, and I do really wow. love Hutch, but Ray's probably one of my favorites. I mean, I've been a, I've seen Matt Good probably 16 times, I think, in concert, mm-hmm. so very similar Canadiana feel, nice same guitar licks, that really cool vibe and, and great sound, and but I love What the would album. you say the feel was for Ray? If you could describe it, um, it's it's a it you know it, it's kind of a stoned. You got me already. Journey. I'm in yeah, it. I just yeah. you know I just I, <laughs> the music itself you know take takes me on an emotional visceral level. So performing it is um, rare, and when we do it, it just it's my happy place and. Um, it, show, it shows, too. It yeah, shows when you're on stage. Like I'm blessed come with some alive. incredible musicians, including my son being able to play with my son. Yeah, that was pretty great. I mean, the first time that you guys came here, I saw, I mean, your son was son was on stage. Yeah. Like your daughter was running the merch table. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that's pretty, that's pretty she's, fantastic. She's also the, in the Lemon Drop Girl video. Yeah, she is. That's right. Yeah. I, that's right. That's where I recognized her when she came yeah. in. I'm like, why would he have the girl that's in the video? So, yeah, we're kind cool. of a, a stone, you know, creative alt rock um it's hard to really pin us like and it's so yeah, funny i got to fair. you know when i'm trying to log my band for anything yeah. on all these genres and i'm like no we're not pop we're not 
rock. We're not classic rock. We're not really alternative because mm-hmm. we're not quite heavy enough. Yeah, you, you have but, that very, that little lighter edge of the 90s alternative scene totally. that was in there oh, with like a little it. more of a Canadiana feel and a little yeah. bit, a little bit lighter on that. I think Canadian know, music alt, is alt so underrated. Kind of yeah. It really, really is. We and some amazing So what was, well, what got you guys to start this band? And do you want to talk about your bandmates? Let's yeah, get into you, it. Where'd you find Let's all tell these the guys. OG story. So my son aside, because I, I found him in my house. That's yeah. right. Um, kind of made him, actually. Yeah. The other three guys, uh, I, pl- I play in a Grateful Dead cover band as well. Awesome. I'm a, Come on. I'm a Hammond. My actual best instrument is Hammond organ. Like That's the instrument I'm most comfortable with. Was oh, right on. Uh, Hammond organ. Oh, okay. I, yeah. So I there you go. Sorry. Karen. And <laughs> that's your fa- that's your instrument of choice. That's my instrument of choice, or yep. the one I you know feel most comfortable with. I'm not a very good guitar player. I'm not a very good singer, but I you know I kind of oh. get by. Make them work. Make yep. them work. I like it. And um, yeah, so I met these guys in a Grateful Dead cover band. We we only play like two shows a year. Yep. Called Great Northern. Um, mm-hmm. And when I. St- revisited this butterfly tongue project yeah uh i just knew that these guys were right because right. you know they're just such amazing musicians every time we play a song it's a little bit different we can I go off on tangents safely yep. i feel comfortable with that and uh we go on these little journeys and take off on solos and do really neat stuff and yeah i know i noticed uh the second time you guys played was i mean played the same album a very different feel and a couple yeah. of different covers, but a, still a very different feel to some of the, the songs I'd heard before. And I listened to the album quite a bit too at home. I mean, I got a turntable and it's one of my albums of choice that I put nice. on every once in a while between that, Eamon McGrath. And uh, actually I kind of listened to the Honey Runners because I picked up their okay. album last time they're here. And it's, those are my little, little Canadian Bracebridge Hall albums that I put on. And to hear the album recorded, and then hear it live is such a different totally journey. Different. And uh, I mean, I love the album, but I mean, there is nothing better than live music. Yeah. And there's nothing better than you guys being able to do that. And I can tell you guys can do so that. So you said you picked sure. these guys up. Are they all buddies of yours? Yeah, we're yeah. all based out of the really area. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm really blessed to be able to play with them. I was, I was really happy that they decided they liked the project enough. And, mm-hmm. and you um, said revisited. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. cut you off, but when you came back to revisit it, like the... Yeah, so this project is, uh, it's really funny. It's It's been something that started in the early 90s. Okay. Mid-90s. Um, I grew up, uh, with, there was a bit of a Skoka connection. The guy who I co-wrote all these songs with, I don't know if you noticed, his name's Jason Milas, but um, we were great friends growing up. He had a cottage just like Joseph. Oh, yeah, right on. Yeah. Port Sandfield. So we spent a lot of time up there, a lot of summers. Um, anyway, we we got together finally and started writing songs and quit our jobs. And for three years, we, we wrote like 200 songs. Wow. And wow. recorded the, on, on an eight track, about 60 of them. And then took 25 of those and brought musicians in and then went into the studio and recorded 15 songs. Awesome. And that ha- that was over three years, and that's all we did. Like the classic starving artist. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was it. We this were, is it. This yeah. is what I'm doing. We're gonna right? make it after this. Time. And this was right after my dad had passed away, and I kind of went off on a yep. tangent, you little know? side side loop to actually follow something you want yeah. to do. Um, 
yeah, it was fun. I was telling you a bit about mm-hmm. taking off to Holland and stuff. And I came back that summer and uh, a bunch of guys I played in high school bands with, like, in, I was in a Depeche Mode cover band. That's my <laughs> first <laughs> band I was ever in. <laughs> I love it. And then we did Cure stuff and New yeah. Order and all those kind of stuff. But uh, we, uh, this band, I, uh, guys I played with, they were in a band that was being uh, managed by Alan Frew from Glass Tiger. Oh, right on. And uh, they needed a keyboard player. They're like, why don't you come play with us? So the first show I played was at the old Ontario Place Forum. Wow. In the summer of like 92, in front of 5,000 people on so the old 92, you'd have, been, you'd have been young. I was young. Yeah. Yeah. The uni- university age. Yeah, exactly. I. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I could do this for a living. Sure. And so we played a bunch of shows opening for Glass Tiger and a whole bunch of other shows. We were part of the agency and craziest show we ever played. We were called Brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> craziest show we ever played. We weren't allowed to know where it was, but it was Freaker's Ball. Freaker's Ball. It was, so a, they just it was like... a biker Olympic. Oh, no shit. So 24 hours before we got this address and it was like, you know, it was out near Walkerton somewhere and it was like, <laughs> look for the pink mailbox oh, and the second drive yeah. in the left Perfect. Yeah. we get there and there's like a thousand bikers naked like, right you know right. Hey, hey, everywhere yeah. Yeah. there's Tron's this grease pole as one does yeah <laughs> and the games were like yeah there's this grease pole they're trying to climb up naked with people throwing tomatoes and joint rolling contests great gig it was it was an amazing gig we got 1500 bucks <laughs> and we we yeah. were a pop rock band Pop and, rock band at a... Right. So we get okay. on stage and we were playing with the Crawling King Snakes, which was a punk band from, yeah. from Kingston. And we start playing one of our songs and it was scary for Did about... any of those tomatoes? It was getting scary. So all of a sudden... They we weren't we, into we, it. We switched over to like some Bob Marley and some Jimi Hendrix yeah, and good we plan. cranked up the distortion pedals and <laughs> we got through the night and got the fuck out of there. Yeah, no shit. That was probably the most unusual gig. That's a pretty unusual gig. Yeah. That's so, an early gig too. It's that, like, yeah. Right. And they knew you were a pop band and they, what did they? Well, just, I was, we, we were kind of pop killed, rock or? or whatever. It was wow. just a weird, it was the agency just threw us on this, you know, it was solid. Like, yeah. yeah. I know how to get these guys off the label. Let's, let's put this <laughs> pop band, this pop band in more We'll never be back. <laughs> so that band kind of fizzled away. But the really cool thing is that drummer or that guy who was a lead singer in that band who's been in most bands I've been in. His name's Justin Cadis Juice. Yeah. He, today he's a drummer for Platinum Blonde. Oh, oh right okay. On. He did all the drums on my album. Nice. Um, so, yeah, this whole story went after the three years uh, and, like, all this money we had invested, we decided to record the album in a big studio, and we did it independently. Right. And then we needed to mix the album. Mm-hmm. Right. This is, like, 1995, 96, around this time. And uh, we reached out to some different, yeah. different engineers that we yeah, did, yeah. like this guy who did Wildflowers for Tom Petty. Oh, right on. Guy did Sarah McLaughlin albums, uh, Pierre Machand. And wow. Some of them told us, you know, Daniel Lenoir is my favorite. Oh, I love but Daniel. He, I almost bought a Daniel Lenoir <laughs> album yesterday, actually. We're in he wasn't into it? Sonic Boom, and I was walking through, and I was looking, and I'm like, really? And I haven't heard a Daniel yeah. Lenoir song in a while. And Just I said, I brilliant production. Yeah, so everything we did was trying to stylize and co- emulate Right, you know, that Lenoir's style. Right. Right? Yeah. You throw 16 guitar ideas down. And For sure. And then in the mix and the edit, you kind of pull it all into performances, right. you know? And uh, so, yeah, we, we the guy who did the Tom Petty's album was interested, but he wanted to re-record it. He said the recording wasn't sound quality. The sound right. quality wasn't good enough. And we yeah. were like, we don't have the money. Yeah. 
There was this guy named Ken Lomas that reached out to us, and he was working on the Blind Melon and he's done Chili Peppers yeah, and all yeah. this stuff. Nice. And he was friend with Brian Adams. And the type of equipment we recorded on, there's only two of these machines. Right. One was in Toronto where we recorded, and yeah. one was in Brian Adams' house. As it, as it would be. So we end up going to Vancouver, West Van, and yeah. mixing Record. our album in Brian Adams' house. That's a little surreal, it actually. Was totally bizarre. Beats a biker field. Yeah. <laughs> so this is this band. We had no name at the time, but it eventually became Butterfly Tongue. Right. And this is where, the, well, fifteen of these songs came from. Right. Right on. Um. So yeah, the journey went on. We got management. We got a band. We were going to release the album. And, yeah. And then my partner, who you know has some mental challenges and yeah. his family was falling apart, uh, he. Disappeared 10 days before the release. Just like Ghost, AWOL. Totally gone. Wow. And this isn't mid-90s where you... You can't text someone or check their social media. mid-90s. That's my parents. I disappeared a lot. So my manager invested a lot. The band was everything. There was so much on the line. And we were going to shop the record at this point. But, you know, um, and we had a Canadian Music Week showcase and North by Northeast showcase all lined up and our CD release party and... My manager's like, well, you can do a couple things. You can, he owns half the rights, right? And you're never going to get a deal, distribution or record deal without him. Oh, wow. Or you can be fraudulent right. and pretend you own 100% of the songs and wait for him to come out of the woodwork and sue you. Right. So huh. I did the moral thing and That's never fine. found him. Never found him. Still to this Never day. found him. He's wow. still roaming around somewhere. Well, you get, fa- okay, we'll get okay, there. Sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to go in chronological order here. Am I talking too right? much here? So, no, yeah. no, 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 it's perfect. no, keep it's going. So, I went into a deep depression for like six months because this was my life. And yeah, what is stress? You kind of put everything too. into it, yeah. right? And you're uh, you're at that you're you're right there at that yeah. point I think where it, everything comes to fruition. And at yeah. that age, too, early twenties, that you put your heart and soul and all your money into something, and then it can kind of get taken away from you. I can imagine, like, I've never done anything like that. <laughs> No, none of us, right? Um, but I mean, the stress of that at that young age when you might yeah. not have the mental capacity to really be like, it's going to be okay. Like, yeah. I could, I could. I, and it I was understand. a bizarre scenario. He just took off. It now, was he, co-wrote, he co-wrote the music with yeah, you? Yeah, we split and he everything 50 performed 50/50. on the album as well? He performed the, uh, most of the bass. We had Prakash John do one song on the okay. album. Okay. Um, so he was, he was in the band and he wrote, yeah. like you guys co-wrote. Co-wrote. And there wasn't like, sorry, I'm just. Mm-hmm. Curious. Uh, there wasn't like a scenario that like s- potentially sent him on his way to be like upset. It was just like one day, like poof. He, he wasn't a very good live performer, but it was more. Um, if you look at a pattern in his life, he's self-destructive. He's very, very right. talented. No matter what he did, he was into movie filmmaking. Yeah. He's into art. Uh, amazing artist. Yeah, music. Great songwriter. Right. Not a great musician. Right. But he just gets to that point where the success may might happen or might not so he self-destructs right okay um, yeah you know and as i say there was some m- mental things that i didn't know about yeah, that right. i found out about after so and his parents were going through a massive divorce and they were extremely That's wealthy a lot. Yeah. you know estate and barbados and big, right the yeah. massive cottage up here and yeah, I was gonna, huge mansion in toronto Sandfield, and port sandfield and like joe you know it's it a little they, bougie they area little, they lost it all like they oh, just wow. you know right so I ended up getting sucked into another band, a glam rock band. So you just kind of put this, this was kind totally of back shell. Gone, done. Just recorded, just oh, about man. to be produced, yeah. go to an engineer, all this stuff ready, and then just yeah. 
back shelf. So a couple guys in my band joined another guy, another artist named Kai. Yeah. Kai and the War Milk Boys. It was part of that whole diamond mm -hmm. scene in the late 90s, early 2000s yeah. in Toronto. Um, there was a big glam, very Bowie-esque. Yeah. There was and that little glam rock scene that came out. It was awesome. Out. Yeah. So much fun. And we were a big part of it. And uh, I was a guitar player in that band. Right. And uh, just, again, wrong, wrong people. Yep. Wrong time. Still going you know, through the motions, though. Of just still it's sticking a, it's in the music industry. Funny business because you want to do. And when I joined the band, they had six offers from all six major labels in Canada. Wow. Right. Okay. They, they fucked it so up. The potential. Oh, all six. potentiality. How how does one fuck up six okay. offers? Want, five I could do. All right. So here's how you <laughs> fuck it up. Bad management. First thing they did was they told five of the labels we're not interested. Mistake well, number one. That's not good. Sony that was the only kind one. Of like playing hard to get. No, because Canada is like the biggest rehearsal hall in the world. Right. It's a tough, tough country to make a living in being a musician. Mm -hmm. It's huge to money to tour. Yeah. Right. I, I, I noticed. I noticed that too, and and you know, not to interrupt the story, but I really noticed that when I start when I went to Florida and I was staying in Florida for like nine years, and there was these bands like say the bare naked ladies and the tragically hip and and matt good in the early 90s was large with with his uh beautiful midnight album like these were big iconic you know, on much music every weekend on every radio station everything you go to anywhere south of buffalo no one had heard about yeah canadian music. any any of these bands right. what's i think the only like canadian person they kind of knew about was neil young but they thought he was american and yeah. shania twain because um, right. country's huge in the states and but celine dion because i think she was on a like a, one, a, one of those disney movies well she changed everything she was the first on a canadian record deal with sony right to become an international star so sony all of a sudden had international distribution deals right. all these other cool. labels didn't right so you know, you think about it. Like back in those days, if you bought an album or CD, the band might get a buck twenty-three. Right. Right. So you get a gold record. Like, wow, that's a big band. Like, yeah. That's a famous band. Like all yeah. the ones you're just talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. That's fifty thousand units. Well, how much money is that? Sixty, right. sixty-five grand. Well, how the fuck do you what make you a do living with that? On that? You can't even make another song, right? Yeah. How do you go <laughs> touring? Right. That. So this is the challenge in Canada. Is like you can have gold records and you can have plus. You know, you you got a hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand dollar advance from the label that right. you got to recoup back to them. It's like this big mortgage or debt you have to pay For back sure. the label. Yeah. They take eighty percent of your sales anyway. Right, right, and that, so, now you're making seven hundred thousand. Your agent takes twenty. Right, it yeah. just goes on and on. So like all starving these... artists, I get it. Yeah, yeah. wholeheartedly. So it's very rare that a band actually makes money in right. this country, unless you're huge and you're selling out arenas and yeah, the tours, the tours, money as opposed right. to and the merch, and you haven't given it all away, or the publishing, and you haven't signed that away, because that's the other big one. Right, and most bands unfortunately do their first time through. Of course, because that's, I mean, everyone's, and that, they know that, right? Yeah. You know, how many, how many bands and how many people have you heard about doing that, right? It's that, so that's sad. right in their face and they're yeah. like, oh, money, money, and we're oh. going to make it, we're going to make it. And all of a sudden now all that money's gone and you're making, you, know, yeah. you have to put fuel in the band yeah. to get to the exactly. next gig. Now you know why so many bands 30 years later are doing reunion tours. Yeah. Right. Right. Because they, they see the yeah, money they don't, and they, 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 they the actually option. do need it for the money. They do need it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, so... So with Kai, yeah, the managers threw away five offers because they just, they wanted Sony. 
they were just so in it for Sony. And that does that go back? Does basket. that go back to because of its of its distribution? Yeah. Right, ties. right. So okay, yeah. wanted I get that. They yeah. thought Kai was an international star. Guy had crazy talent, crazy yeah. songs. So he really should have been a star. Yeah, he was an amazing talent. It was all his. We were just a band. I had no say in anything. Yeah, but I was watching all this, and I was brought in to be a part of that journey. Yeah, and. Uh, I remember I'm, I'm do, I've got this corporate job in downtown Toronto in my suit and tie, and we have this showcase for Sony executives on a Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock. So I'm running down, and it's at Lee's Palace. So I'm running into the washroom for my yep. lunch break. Right. I get all glammed up. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Put my makeup on, all this shit, and I yep. run down to Lee's Palace, and we play like a 20-minute set for like <laughs> the president of Sony, and there's like eight of them, and that's it, and all right. Lee's Palace. And then they're like, we're going to sign you guys. Awesome. And we were so excited. And then like three months goes by and we're like, what's going on? And then we hear, oh, well, we turned down the first couple offers. We want more money. And then we find out that uh, Kai used to be managed by the Lanny brothers. Who, right. You know, they wanted a piece of the action and they managed Our Lady Peace who were sure. on Sony. So that's how they found out about the deal. Okay. And yeah. then our managers, instead of being smart yeah. said fuck you and then the Sony deal was off the table and we have no record deal in Canada tough one oh, to go back to the God. other five either right with your tail between your legs <laughs> yeah. right that's a tough go. holy crap so I was about to quit the band and then the next thing I know is Kai signs this like $100,000 publishing deal with the music publisher so okay There's, so they send us to like New York we play CBGB's right showcase for all these american labels yeah. and yeah. sony Amer uh in epic i guess out of yeah it would be epic then, new yeah. york really likes one of the songs and it's the one that's like all keyboardy not any of the heavy rock tunes right so they pay for us to go in the studio with terry brown yeah famous from like yeah. rush yeah right on yeah. all those and we i think it was orchard studios we went in we do these three synth pop tunes well, but okay. that's that was, okay. that was the sound in that, in it that was. time, right? And you know, whatever. It just it was it was kind of awful because we were like, this isn't us. This isn't the band. They just, just wanted that. It. They wanted that sound. They yeah. wanted they, they wanted to follow what the trend was at the time. I don't even know if the word trend even existed. I don't know either. They wanted to follow it. We end up playing the showcase for all these executives in Toronto after the release of this little EP. Yeah, and we playing with Molly Johnson, oh. us. And Big Wreck. Nice. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of Big there Wreck There you go. Yeah. I'm saying to my sister, and they did their big song had just come out, right? Like yep. Blown Wide Open or whatever. I think it's probably around 2001, 2002. Yep. Time, yeah, it'd be right? right around then. I was still pretty young. Yeah, I guess she would have been. Probably just a baby. <laughs> I was born in 93. Were you? Yeah. Wow. Mm. Wouldn't hurt it. So I'm this is older than born. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting there. <laughs> the origins. Well, the origins of it. The yeah. origins are. Yeah. So the lab was the last show I ever played with Kai. I, after I saw Big Wreck. Yeah. And I went, holy fuck. Wow. So good. Right. Mm -hmm. He blew me away. I, I didn't realize how good he was. Might have brought you back in love with it again. It did, but it also made me bitter in the whole experience. And, you know, the thing is, too, now at this point, also I'm my dad and I got a yeah. mortgage. And right. this Kai thing was supposed to be like, you know, yeah, stick start, with us for a year yeah, for nothing. Pace, yeah, for nothing. Right? And then you'll start making money. And this money. is two and a half years into this bullshit journey. Right. It's a it's a tough, I, I've, I've experienced it myself, um, even, you know, as recently as, as doing this place is, 
is where you draw that line, especially when you're a dad, right? You know, and me being a, a single dad, where you draw that line between a dream, fun, passion, and like that bottom hard line reality yeah. of uh, we got to eat, I got to pay the bills, yeah. I got to do that kind of stuff, right? And, and that's a very thin line to walk when you're an artist, for it sure, is. and you have, you know, a wife and a, and a kid. And the mental side of all the failures, you know, and I, the thing I've, I've realized about the industry is that, you know, for every artist that makes it, there's 10,000 incredibly just as good artists. For sure. Yeah. It's like a lottery. It's like, you got to be in the right place at the right time with the right people. And there's yeah. so and many. Those right song. people got to know the Everything. other right people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all that has to come. And then the song has to be perfect yeah. for the time that the song's being released for what's going on in the industry and for all of that to come together. But then for you to be just about there twice. Yeah. That's got to, I mean, that takes a toll, right? It That's, does. you know, so, just, ah, fuck this. So I did say fuck it for a couple of years. Right. I actually sold most of my gear and all the stuff. But then in like 2003, I lost my job. And I got this severance package. Right. And my wife and I spent a bit of it with two kids. And we decided to go out west for right. a month and be irresponsible. Did you go to Brian Adams' house? No. No. <laughs> no, we did things like... <laughs> Shit, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we went on to like, you know... Uh, some island north of Vancouver Island. Yeah, right. You on. know, and into what stayed in hostels and then yeah. saw Whistler and Banff and did, you know, did yeah. all kinds did of really thing. cool things. Did yeah. The Canadian thing it was, just, go west. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, so then I took some of that money and I decided to re-record these songs. Right. So you did end up doing the re-recording. Yeah. But I kept the original drums mm -hmm. and I kept some original parts. Okay. But I took all the the, the tape dumped it into digital format. Right. Mm -hmm. Brought the original sound engineer because he understood. What, and I was, the, yeah, the vision. Yeah. And, what, what and I hated the mix, actually, that was done originally. Right. Brian Adams, but I didn't like the mix. The guy didn't let us have any input on it. That's it what very John does well here. He just lets, he lets the band do it, eh, Tron? Tron likes to be told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Especially on a Saturday night when he's in the band and he does sound and lights and then uh, has to get back from behind a kit. Were you doing any? You weren't doing sound and lights. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, you were you? Yeah, yeah he did everything. I thought you were supposed to do that. Oh, well, I don't even know how to press record on that thing. That's why he's here. Oh, now he's part of it. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so I re recorded a lot, um, edited, redid the songs, added more guitars, different vocals and this is the album that is today so that was done in like 2004 but again i had to put food on the table so right i it ran got out of a money little shelved again it got shelved and it sat for 15 years until 2018 is when i pulled it out and said no i'm gonna do it this time mm -hmm. because i didn't want to go to my grave i'm in my Having mid 40s at this point i don't want to go to my grave third time's not a charm. putting this out right yeah and and re-recording it and redoing it now have you got at this time, have you found the original guy? Like, is he still MIA? So, yeah, I should go back to that. So in 2003, when I was out west, part of yep. my journey was I found him. He was in Victoria. Jason. Yeah. Thank Did he disappear in Ontario? Yeah. No. He disappeared He went to Washington, D.C., where his dad was hiding out in the divorce scenario. Oh, okay. Uh, he was okay. down there for about Virginia. six, seven years. And he apologized to me. Like, we, we hung out for a day and a half. and. Mm -hmm. He just wished I was fraudulent with it. And I was like, well, wow. You know. Uh, wasn't meant to be, I guess. It wasn't meant to be. But in all of that, when I got back to Toronto, we um, 
we came up with a collaborators agreement. I went to a lawyer and he signed over all the rights to me. So I own right on that's everything. Okay. He's got his half of the publishing, if mm -hmm. anything, whatever happened right. to the album. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's fair. So yeah, that's it. And we we did that, you know, for all the original fifteen songs. And a little um, bit of weight off your shoulders when that's huge. all done too, right? Now, and now now it's a project that yeah. you can call your own too. Exactly. So I finally, yeah, I, I started a business and life just took over. Yep. And I'm in my mid-40s and I'm like, I, I got to get this out. And I want to feel love for music again. And that's, uh, you know, took me, we, we released it in the fall of 2019. That long, <laughs> how to brand Perfect it. I wasn't time. sure to call it. <laughs> Yeah, I have like anxiety. We opened, just a, we opened a bar in the fall of 2019 <laughs> too. Maybe maybe we're gonna have a conversation about how oh amazing that timing was. And but this, sorry, what was think, the business that you opened? I own a or a partner in a printing company. Okay, oh, cool. Right yeah, cool. Sweet. So I do like labels, specialize in labels. Nice, nice. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. Well, and I know last time you were here um, because you played here pre-COVID, and last yes. time you were here, I think. Uh, I don't know, probably after soundcheck, you and I were on the patio kind of talking about um, basically, I think what we're going to talk about right now about kind of, you know, 2019, what you did with the money and the, the album and the merch. And the well, the fall printing. of 2019, I think the world was all blissfully ignorant to what the next two yeah. years are going to be. So, I mean, that time of year always just like gives me anxiety to think about and talk about. Like uh, it is just like the impending doom. I know. Yeah. And so you, you now now you're back in the studio. You got you got a band all set up. Yeah. And you, and you just and you so, get to that point where you're in in your early forties. You don't want to let this die, and you just like go for it. Yeah. So funny thing happened too. Um, the day we shot the lemon drop video. Lemon Drop Girl video. Yeah. I found out I had a uh, 95% blockage in my heart. What? Perfect. Yeah. So talk about like this whole thing of, I got to get this music out. Right. I don't want to go to my grave. And yet, you know, Almost I was a CrossFitter and eat healthy. I don't yeah. smoke. My dad died at 40 though of a heart attack. Right. And uh, I had no, I didn't have a heart attack. Or anything. Oh, I'm fine. Wait, you were feeling fine? Feeling fine. Just yeah. had high blood pressure and... This is this is unusual, mm -hmm. and because of the family history, they put me through a battery test and found this. So I had um, oh. heart surgery in August of 2019. Wow! <laughs> Holy crap! So yeah, like the, the it just seems like everything yeah, I try to do with this ringer. yeah everything I try to do with this record just seems to get right stalled somehow, and then the pandemic. So, but 2019 is interesting. I, I'm really happy. Ray is a family name. Yeah, um, I'm really happy with bringing the butterfly I didn't want to let go of the butterfly tongue and I really wanted to call the band butterfly tongue and I may do it again right yeah because there is another artist called Ray out of India uh, I think for the first time that you had contacted me or I'd touched base with you or something and um, you'd sent the the band name and I had typed it in and I think something had come up you're like I can something like that too and it's, I can't remember <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow, these people are gonna come all the way from from Europe and to play he's here. got a lot of followers in India Right. So it's becoming a bit of a problem with some of the streaming services. Right. Oh, okay. Like my songs are getting mixed up on his You just profile. call it Ray X. Remember when <laughs> Bush and Bush maybe. Just call yeah. it Ray X. Ray X. I like Ray. It's, it's just, a, as I say, it's a family name. It's a little town in Scotland. It's a great name. It's a great little logo. I love the, the text that you guys chose for it. It's marketable. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one line, one, one. And it's, I mean, 
But butterfly tongue too is nothing wrong with that. Pretty either. cool too. Yeah. 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 Nothing wrong with that either. So yeah, we bought all the merch. Perfect. T-shirts. Okay. Nice. Vinyl. Hats, vinyl. And that got delayed for our album release parties. We did two. We did one in Barrie and one in Aurelia because we kind of live in between. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, the one in Aurelia was fantastic. We had a, a, a full house at the Geneva. It was Geneva, like 220 yeah. Geneva people. closed now, I heard? I think so, yeah. yeah. I heard I wanted to come to that show. Yeah, but, and um, it was just a great night. And it was on March 7th. Yeah. <laughs> Three days later, the pandemic hits. And Actually, 10. Yeah. March 17th was the day. Yeah, was the day? It's stuck in my head okay. like um, 9-11. March 17th, what were you doing? Right. Wow. It was a we Monday. Were here. It we was a here. Monday. We just bought uh, $5,000 worth of booze and got all ready for St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. So I was working up at another bar in Muskoka. Mm-hmm. And I remember that weekend, we, were, we weren't normally open Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. But on Sunday, we're like, all right, well, we're going to be open for Wednesday, which was uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And then the next morning, get a text from my bosses saying like, no, we're, well, that was, we're it done. Well, was crazy because that, that Sunday, uh, my buddy who lives in Oral Madani, right behind Hardwood Ski and Bike there, he actually runs Hardwood Ski and Bike. I drove to his place, got in his car. We're driving to Toronto to see Matt Good. Yeah. We get to, get to Barry. Radio's on. We get to Barry. Uh, PGA Tour canceling. Right. Just this time we're like Cookstown, NHL pulling. This pulling. By wow. the time we got to like Vaughn, we're like, this concert's not even happening. Yeah. We get downtown, we get in, and uh, you know, we second row, get to see Matt Good. And before we were in the car, we had uh, notifications on our phone that Matt Good's canceling his tour, everything's wow. shutting down. Wow. And uh, I got back, I got back here. I drove all the way back. I got back about 1 a.m. and uh, <laughs> woke up in the morning and we're ready for St. Patrick's Day, and everything's everything was done. Happening. Done. So, and we had, yeah. yeah, the same same thing as you. You go buy all the shirts, you yeah. get all the thing, the band's all ready, you got the albums pressed, you're ready to go out yeah. and, and flog the album, yeah. right? And you, you spend all the money on promotion and publicists right. and everything you can Getting do. Getting gigs all set up and everything. Yeah. yeah, it's quite a thing to set up a tour and get all that ready and have everything. And I'm sure, I'm sure in your mind you're feeling, I mean, you just had heart surgery, but <laughs> so one, happy to be alive. Yeah. Two, Two probably super happy this album is pressed on a piece of vinyl with a t-shirt and a hat you yeah. can wear around saying, you know, listen, this is finally coming to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then the pandemic hits. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a journey. That's for sure. And I think, you know, like what our show we played here in late August was still restricted. Yeah. But it was just so incredible. I, I you know, in everybody. In 2020. Yeah. 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 Everybody who had seen us before said it was our best show. And I think there was just, there was this energy. It was amazing. I think, and post-COVID, these shows have felt, uh, to me, especially being here, felt so important. And uh, I, like, I get emotional now when, when I have live music in the, yeah. in the bar because I'm like, eight months ago, we were ready to pack it in. Yeah. yeah. You don't take I, it for granted anymore. Yeah. My business right? partner and I were, I don't well, know how many times we were just like too done. from some of the musicians that we've had too. like the, mm-hmm. when we had Eamon, excuse me, Eamon McGrath on, like I saw him cry like a little baby. Yeah. And um, like, oh, it was, was the first just, show back. Right. I could barely people bartend. Were dancing. Right. Like, amazing. It was the energy in here was like, it was something I'd never felt before watching yeah. any live music. Yeah. And, and I know that it is just so much more appreciation and passion and devotion. Yeah. To I've the seen craft. it in the crowd too. Right. Yeah. I've seen it. I mean, 
I, I think, you know, everyone is very self-indulged and think this really affected them more than anyone else. But being here and seeing seeing people in the audience and how they react different. I know over Christmas last year, we were locked down and then we were reopened and then we were at s- small capacity and we could have live music, but there was no dancing. I remember this couple had come up, they lived in the beaches in Toronto and all they had done was dance. There was nothing in Toronto. and They had come up just to get out of the city. Mm-hmm. They stumbled in here in the afternoon and they found out that we had live music in the evening. And I think it was, I think it was uh, Sean Cotton, the first time you guys were here, the Electric Soul Ensemble. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. You guys were playing and um, they, they were sitting right over there. And I remember I, I gave them a drink and you played, I don't know, maybe two or three songs and I was doing some stuff and I came back over to the table to see how they were. And she was bawling. She couldn't even like, I, I didn't want to interrupt her. I didn't want, I just kind of walked away and, and let her be. And she's just like, she couldn't believe that. Again, she was sitting in front of live audience and, and listening to live music. And I felt that ever since, you know, Power since music, we've been, yeah. wouldn't been back. And I was so happy to have you guys back. And and for me, you guys put on a, an absolute killer show and everyone yeah, it, everyone loved it. it. It felt amazing. So what's so what's next now? So what's next? Yeah, so we're, we're trying to... Uh, we were talking this year about re- recording new stuff and moving, turning the page because... You don't want to tour with this one now? I do. Yeah, okay. And that's what's driving me right? This has been Nuts. nearly a 30-year journey yeah. for you. For and I have, we've only played six shows outside of two private events. Since the pandemic right, hit? Since we released this album. Right. And two of them have been here. So, okay, so right now you're deciding whether or not to c- carry on a tour with that or start some new yeah, stuff? Yeah, so we, we, we actually just talked about it um, last week and... We do want to, we're going to book a bunch of shows, as many as we can out of this mm-hmm. coming into the new year. And then. Might want to call the band Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. It <laughs> <laughs> might be a new, I mean, if you guys are looking for an interesting name. life oh, journey on an album for you. Yeah. Like when, as you're explaining the story, I'm thinking in my head, like. If I was getting knocked down so many times trying to push something in my life, like at a certain point, your head's going, do I not even, is this a universe telling me not to do this? Or, but I mean, the way you've kind of explained that story to me, I'm thinking all of these challenges are maybe even pushing you and you still have the desire to come back and do it. So maybe it's a... It's not the right time yet. We're build. We're bringing you down a little bit more to build you back up eventually. Because I think after everything horrible that happens, something equally as brilliant and beautiful happens afterwards. So that's. I mean, I, 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 you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, no, totally. There's a couple aspects to it because you know I've, I've, you know, I'm a centrist kind of thinker, and I, I always think of. That's why you're allowed on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I, no matter what I do, whether it's a business decision or a life decision, I always think of extreme possibilities, negative, of course. And positive. Yeah, or, you know, exactly. I, I like that way with politics and all kinds of things. And yeah, yeah. Um, I, w- I was going to talk about other stuff that you guys were into, but we'll get there later. Yeah, we can but get there when it comes <laughs> when it comes to this, you know, part of me has thought, well, maybe it's just shit. People don't like it. I mean, the right? album is amazing. No, I, 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 yeah, I but appreciate I, that. Yeah, I, thank yeah. you so much. I'm, like, I'm grateful <laughs> I'm for I'm sure you probably think no, it's you, shit at some time. But it, you're right, you like, the universe. Is that what the universe is? There's and, millions of musicians. Like, how many yeah. times have I had buddies say, here, listen to this. Like, this look what I did. And you're like. And you get this that same thing oh, where your buddies. Right. And, uh-huh. I, and there is that, that thing. I know before I actually sold a piece of my art, um, I, I remember just giving art to 
you know, family and friends. Oh, that's great. I love it. Oh, I love it. And every once in a while you think, man, these people must be just blowing smoke up my ass. Like, you know, no, who else loves it? My fam- my aunt comes and yeah. she takes a painting home. I give one to my buddy because he loves it. Uh, I think when I finally sold a couple paintings, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe it's decent. But even still to this day, I'm like, when I had my own art gallery and my stuff in the art gallery. I, I, I would cringe anytime anyone came in in case they said something bad about the piece. So I, I get where you're coming from yeah. thinking, man, maybe this is just shit. Yeah. And that's, you know, maybe it is, maybe just people don't like it. Right. Like in, right. The, in the big, big picture, there's what 30 some million people in Canada and you get a gold record, you sell 50,000. So, you know, like what's, what's the percentage there of 99 point, you know, like zero nine nine seven. but how do I capture even half a percent of people <laughs> in the population to like my music or whatever right. it is. Right. Whatever yeah. that works out to be, it's small. It's a small percentage. Yeah. And I always, I always think, more and more now with the aspect of social media and all these things and, and trying to figure all this stuff out before long, like there's got to be an algorithm or a way to get that very small yeah. percentage to allow you to create the art you want to create and sustain a life. Well, we live in an algorithm kind of simulated reality right. to a certain true. degree too, with yeah. even just yes, what people do. listen, like you said, the trend thing, like that's, that's an algorithm. Listen, if I put on the radio and there's that song edamame and I hear that one more time, I'm going to drive into oncoming traffic. Like there's no, like how is this? That's a song about edamame. Like that pop it like a pea. I'm at Like, listen, how is this shit on the radio? I've never heard this. Don't talk about it any further. I don't need it in my reality. They're in the walled city, man. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like if you go back to the nineties, there was six major labels in the late nineties in Canada. Okay, so such an echo chamber to a certain degree, right? You had to get a record deal to get heard and get on sure. the radio, right? Right. Especially indie music back then had no yeah. platform. No, Just none. Did, right? No. Um, so I was part of the timing of this too. Not only is just where I am in life, uh, mentally and financially, but yeah. to be able to do this again, I was kind of excited by the fact that yeah, there's streaming. Like anybody can put their music out. So right. if it's good at some point, people are going to listen. Gonna yeah, people are going to follow right, it, right. listen you it. You don't have to go to a music store and buy a vinyl or a CD now. Like I can just go on my yeah. Spotify and find you guys. YouTube. Like, any, YouTube. Any, any, any yeah. service. Cool, right? so, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. But it's all bullshit I'm finding out. Right. Like everything I'm doing is about, like I can get on Spotify, pay. Sure. Right? And yeah. as an independent artist, every day I get... I don't know, 20, 30 emails about all these people want to help me for money. Sure they do. And it's probably bots. Like there was one service I kicked into at the beginning. Yeah. I had like 1,500 listeners, but no followers were coming from that. Right. So it's probably just a thing replaying your song over and over again. So I was like, okay, and they can kick you off of Spotify on that stuff. For sure. And then, you know, get whatever, 10,000 streams or something. And I'm thinking, okay. And then you get... $2.70 $2.70 check from that. Like, yeah. I talked to fuck? Hutch about that too because I, I, I noticed they have Who's, a lot of people listening to their stuff on Spotify and he's like, dude, dude we made like 74 who cents. Who makes the money anymore? Right? He said Nobody like, buys records. Checks for like 74 cents. Yeah. Nobody buys CDs. Everybody listens to music either for free or they pay a subscription yeah, service to Apple or Spotify. Or or Spotify. To the yeah. service, not the, the musicians. Who the fuck's getting that money? I don't know where it goes either. But and everyone has like everyone has spotify right and and 90 percent of those people that have spotify have a paid spotify account this listen i get that there's a there's a plethora of music out there but this money has to be going somewhere yeah into the big 
Right. Big pockets. Not Unless you go to Alley Cats and Aurelia, then you can buy then this Ray album right yeah. off the shelf. Because you know what? I made I more money from record sales at Alley Cats than anywhere else. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right? We went in, we went in a couple of weeks ago and I pulled it out of the sleeve and Rachel's like, they played it. They I'm like, yeah, yeah, Yo, they did. You should sell records here. We did before the pandemic. Just we like kinda, have a wall of records. We, I think I wanted to do that is kind of have like put a little wall by a the wall DJ booth there and, and all stuff. like every, every band that plays here and they have albums, we'll keep 10 albums there. We'll make a top 10 albums and you can come in and buy them and have them here. Do you like know, what especially they do over like Christmas. Chapters right? like. Keith's choice. Keith's pick, right? <laughs> cool. Kelsey's Anders favorite. pick would be like Hank Williams. <laughs> what, what, what would your pick? Tron's pick would be. What would your pick be for an album? Oh man, uh, I don't know. Shout out the devil. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your contribution. Thank you. you know what? I love yeah. the Paul Schaefer thing going on here. He is Fantastic. a Paul Schaefer. Seriously, thing over man. There. You're like, yeah, it's perfect. Like, it's pretty like, great. We, we could <laughs> give him a little piano. We should roll the piano over there so you can. We thought about Kelsey and I mentioned that yeah. doing little sound effects and stuff. Yeah, um, we wanted to give you like a sound board, like a sound effect board. Right. Yeah. 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 Little things. <laughs> but then I think we were giving you too much like creative expression with that. And I think we'd re instantly regret it. Yeah. I, 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 when I'm not talking, I actually hit the mute button myself on my voice. So, so you can't, just so your, I just shut up on your own voice. Yeah. yeah. And you're talking to yourself back there. Yeah. <laughs> just quiet. yeah. I have my own podcast going on right now. You have your own podcast. You're yeah. filming it. Yeah. yeah. Filming us. Behind the scenes. Putting it out on another platform, making 73 cents thing. on us. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Sean. Yeah. All right. What the hell guys? So, so yeah. So I think what I would at this point, what I need for this project would be to have like an indie label. Cause there are, there's, the a, there's a lot like paper now. bag records and right. stuff Those like kind that. Those kind of labels, yeah. somebody to pick it up. I've put all the money and time into the right. front end of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But to get into that walled city. Sure. Where nobody, like I can keep chipping and chipping away. Yeah, yeah. Nobody listens. Nobody looks. Nobody will answer right. an email. It's just dismissive right. noise with a thousand other artists doing the same thing every day. Now right? I've heard, I've heard you guys on, uh, max FM. They're amazing really, supporting local. I think, I think it's brilliant. I've yep. heard Mountainhead on there. Um, Eamon is coming back in February and I kind of hooked him up with there yep. for when he tours around to stop in and have an interview with sure. them. Um, I, I love that they play six they're, or they're 10 songs a day fantastic. or something like yeah. that. Two back to back. Rock 95, artists. uh, Noah Campbell have been, uh, doing some stuff. There's a, a radio station in Sarnia that was picking me up. There's right on. Awesome. Fans I'm getting out of Windsor. I'm getting uh, Perth, Australia. I get a little ton of streams there. Oh, Perth's right awesome. So maybe nice. I'll just go there. Go there and I can hook do a tour. People in Australia. Yeah, you can probably, I live yeah. over there probably for a couple stay years. somewhere. That would be awesome. One of Kelsey's friends. Yeah. Yeah. Get some good pubs that I worked at that you could perform at. Nice. Yeah. Let but me know. E but every once in a while, <laughs> you get this little break and like tinnitist. Right. Dot com. Yeah. Listen to it. I mean, one of the you know most yeah. kind of followers and bloggers, and he uh, did a couple write-ups. He yep. did a video premiere for me. He really liked the album, and then I was shocked when he posted his end of the year. Yeah, and gave you rock Canadian out, albums. Rock he just sent me a little link saying, "Hey, I include you in the top Canadian album." So I was like, "Oh, cool." Yeah. But it was like the, the top. The top. Yeah. And like I'm looking at the list, I'm like, holy shit, dude! Like, congratulations! I, I was like, wow, somebody yeah. actually listened to it and appreciated. Appreciated it. It, it was and like this validation for a moment, and I was just like, okay, 
Cool. It's not shit. It's yeah, not shit. It's not shit. Yeah, we're it's back to it not being shit. I felt like that for a long time. I mean, I love Lemon Drop Girl. That's probably one of my favorite. That was the first songs one that on you the, showed me on the, on the album. We played which is Halo is great too. We I played on Halo our too. podcast. We did one. I think we played Halo on it before, and we'll we'll get Tron to um, put two. Or, you can pick two or three songs. We'll put it on the podcast. We'll if that's okay do with an intro you, and can do, we do that? Do one okay. at, do one at you break and do a, do an exit for you, and then uh, yeah. we'll put all your hashtags up and where you can Sweet. find Ray music and all and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we take a quick little break and then we'll come back and talk about something that's not music and pick his centralist yeah, let's brain. Let's get into it. Okay, you, so you, you up for that, Tron? You yeah, wanna, let's do it. So we're gonna take a little Tron's break. Tron's more of a left winger. Um, that's why we don't let him talk. Other side of the rail. Amazon. We'll be back. Shit.
good. All right, welcome back to the other side of the rail. We just had a quick little break, but we're back here with Sean from Ray, Keith, and Tron. Yeah, we're back. We back. We're back. All right. You kind of you you mentioned something a little bit earlier. Hmm. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Okay, you mentioned something a little bit earlier about how you wanted to potentially get into something, but not just quite yet. We can, um, we can get into anything. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> want to talk about the printing company? Not really. Perfect. Not really. Okay. <laughs> that's that's, that's okay. work. That's the last thing I want to so, talk about. It's so. You want to talk about what you did earlier in the day? Uh, uh, no, no, actually, no. We're painters, so we're just there you go. painting. No, I, 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 you know, I look. I'm. It pays the bills, so I'm. I'm blessed. There um, is that, I, and I do. Know. I do kind of appreciate that, and I do appreciate the work that I get to do and and yeah. do that. But it, it, I mean, it wears on your inner psyche too. Yeah. Right? You're just you're just not feeling like the you're doing what you. Yeah, you just yeah. not feel like you're. Especially when I have the bar here, and I know, like, man, if we were back where we were before, you know, I would have been up this morning here cleaning at 9 a.m. with some music on and, you know, looking at emails and doing stuff for the bar and getting it cleaned up and opening at 11, you're running the liquor store, getting stuff. And, and it, it was a totally different, it was the life that I had wanted when, when I built this place. And, and now I do appreciate the work I'm doing. It's just, that's not why I open the bar. Right? Right. I open the bar to book live music and, and be here and, and sell art that's on the walls. Yeah. So, uh, well, you have a, an awesome place here and I love the way you support the arts like bands like us. Yeah. We don't have a lot of venues to perform and show and yeah and show our music to people and, and play for people. So uh even a huge fan and thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. So, and we always get a great crowd here. People people love yeah. live music when they come here. And I know mm -hmm. the sound and, and Tron has a lot to do with that and, and the way we set up the room has a lot to do with that. And uh but I think our, like, you know, mine and, and Mike's and, and Tron's and Andrew's and, and the passion that we all bring to the project, I think, shows to, um, you know. And when we come in, we, and when my favorite time of all opening this bar is when the band rolls in, and all the buddies get out of the van, mm -hmm. they're trucking all their stuff in through the side door, and we're, we're closed for that hour of sound check, and Tron rolls in, and see everyone plugging everything in and banging on their instruments. I'm usually on the side of the bar eating. Yeah. And Andrew's bringing his Swiss chalet in and we're all getting ready, you know, for that. And then we, I get to listen to sound check by, you know, by myself or with Andrew and Tron's here and, and you guys are getting pumped up and jacked for the show. And then, you know, the, the doors open and people start rolling in and, and those, I mean, the show itself is great, but that, for me personally, that little bit of time where I see buddies and people that are, you know, that love to do what they're doing amped up and plug in their guitar for the first time set up and, for their craft and look at their buddy and you know who's on drums and they they have a little conversation then you have a, a conversation with the you know the keyboard player who yeah. i guess is your son in, in your yeah. band and I, and i get to see that interaction and it and it fills me up with joy because that's really why i open the place and then you know to hear that sound check is is yeah. it's my favorite part of the day for sure yeah well it's, and playing with your son sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but playing with your son that's got to be pretty awesome very special. Yeah. It's totally cool. Okay. You know, it's one of those things uh, you just you just got to appreciate in life. And, mm -hmm. you and know, did you introduce him to music early on or he yeah. just picked it up on his um, own? Or Both my kids. My, actually, my daughter probably is the most naturally gifted musician in the family. She's Your son will love to hear ridiculous. that. She's <laughs> ridiculous. But he's, he's crazy talented. Yeah, like, he's, he's beyond, fantastic. 
He's is a great songwriter. He's, yeah, he's a great singer. He's a phenomenal guitar player. And both very pleasant. I mean, I've had yeah. the I've had the luxury of, of meeting both of them, and yeah. and and both very polite, nice, well rounded children who are you know, and to see them here, you know, see your daughter working the, the merch booth yeah. and your son on stage with you. I mean, that's got to be a pretty brilliant so, feeling. And and, and it shows too when you guys roll in yeah. too, right? You're you're a family and a community, and they're supporting yeah. their dad and their dad's supporting them and. Your daughter's in the Lemon Drop Girl video, and yeah. your son's on stage with you. Yeah, it's got to be a pretty, yeah. pretty good feeling. Well, one thing I've learned is life is short. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, you know, some days I still feel like I'm in my 20s, and it's like, where the fuck did the time go? I still feel like that sometimes. You, know? you still act like that, too. I, thank you And very much. you just got to appreciate all those moments, because it goes fast. Like, you For know, sure. You feel like you're doing diapers one day, and then all of a sudden, they're Yeah, my students, daughter's 12 and, and a half. With you and, it's crazy. You know, Are your kids in university? Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a cool age. It is yeah. weird because uh, when I I used to coach hockey and I, I was coaching little kids yeah. and they they come to the bar now. Yeah, and I'm like it's cool, huh? I miss you guys all were that. you guys? I was coaching you guys when you were eight and ten years old. <laughs> you're here and I don't even have to ask them for ID because they're yeah. 20, 22 you know. years old. Isn't that but time really flies, eh? Like, yeah, I, it's crazy. I, I had a friend who's uh, I guess grandfather who's ninety six and he's on his deathbed and he's like, you know, what's what's your advice? And he's like, that was quick. Yeah. Right. Time to me, time, I think. That gave me chills. But yeah. that's why you, you, you got to wake up every day, appreciate being alive and try and accomplish something. I think, Make the most of every day. Yeah. Yeah. And interaction, meeting people, talking to people, just it's, it's important. I think that was for me too. The, and, and I know my daughter especially was the most devastating thing d during this pandemic and, mm -hmm. and lockdowns and stuff was was the distance from her friends and the distance from the people she cared about and were interacted with at gymnastics every day from her coaches to her friends, to her school friends. Um, cause dad gets a little boring after, yeah, after totally. a while, you know, I, been, I used to be cool, but you world, know, she's like, getting a little older and I'm not as cool anymore. And I'm a little older. Um, those interactions weren't there and it, it's a, it's a tough one, right? You're not going to be cool until she's in her twenties again. Yeah. I think I'm almost at the non cool stage. Right yeah. Now. You're just getting half. into it. Just, I remember when I was 12, I just hated there. my parents. <laughs> I'm pretty nice. Though. You're pretty cool. I'm you're pretty, pretty cool, but too. you're going to be lame for the next like seven to eight years. Definitely. I'll be, be called a, Boomer. I'll be a Uber. That's Uber, what I'm going to be yeah. called. Uber. Uber yeah. dad. Well, I think too, the pandemic has, has insulated all of us. For you sure. Know, so it's really affected people with mental or in social anxiety and all these things. And now all of a sudden we're supposed to come out, but we've had this almost two years of paranoia of other people. We're traumatized. Mm -hmm. Social, you know, being close to people or even like yeah. even handshakes, I feel like. I don't know how many times I like, I, you know, see someone for the first time and walk up to them and they got a fist out or yeah. an elbow out. And you know. I'm just like kind of trying to shake their hand and I, it's very yeah. awkward and, yeah. And I feel a little reserved because I'm just like, I was in the golf industry for a lot of years. You're supposed to shake the person's yeah. hand and stand at a tent and greet them that's and a meet them. That's sign of respect right? too. It, all of that, that kind yeah. of stuff. And, I, and, and that's kind of missing as yeah. well for hugs. me. Hugs. Uh, I was, hugs I'm a big one. hugger. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, well, actually, I think I've adapted. I like dating with the six feet distance thing. Big yeah, fan yeah, of that. You're pretty good at that, actually. <laughs> like arms like six feet to, you know, thirty minute car drive dating. I like distance. <laughs> you do like distance. It gives me my alone time. But I think we've all kind of found that too, right? We've found ourselves thinking that, and we've found ourselves trying to protect ourselves or or stay away or do whatever. And and I know even like Kelsey was saying to you out there on the break is you know there was a lot of people here Saturday night and it's their first time out since all this happened too. 
we're starting to see more and more people come out and, and enjoy the life they used to live or what life is supposed to be. And I think that's, that's super important that we start mm-hmm. to get, start well, to get back to that. The reality is we're still living in a pandemic, whether right. we like it or not, it's real, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for those of us who, who went and got double vaxxed, you know, we should be rewarded for that. This, there's enough science now right. and enough data to show that it's minimal. Right. In terms of the impact. Yes. And yeah, there are some thoughts now that, yeah, we're going to need a booster because we don't know exactly how how long this vaccine was going to last in our systems in terms of the strength of it. And it's starting to prove, yeah, maybe it's starting to wane a bit. Right. But at the end of the day, when you look at the numbers and, you know, 85% of us are double vaxxed and you're still seeing way more people positive positive cases that are unvaxxed. It's right. just so disproportionate. It's yeah. so obvious. Right. Like, and I know, and I know when we had Tony Clement and he had said a very similar thing and we were, we started talking about the, uh, the vaccine mandates and stuff. And he agreed, uh, with people not being vaccinated, not being allowed to go to certain, certain places. But what he also said at the same time, but if they backtrack on this or if it goes backwards, he is not going to, I mean, no, we're, it's not going to be, it's, it's going to be political, uh, scientific, medical. It's going to be a disaster in so many ways if we mm-hmm. start to backtrack. So what so. if they only lock down or shut down or restrict people who aren't vaccinated? Well, that's and what they're the doing in Australia free, now. Right? Right. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got my own personal opinion. We're here. About that, my biggest, we'll my here. biggest concern, right, honestly, is, is the fact that we're not out of this. And, it, and if you look at the variants and yep. mutations, yeah. right? Viruses mutate. There's going to be a variant at some point that outpaces the vaccine totally, and we could be back to ground zero. Mm-hmm. That's yes. what concerns me. So that's that's to me is the whole part of let's get past that point of herd immunity, yeah, where these cases are almost obliterated, right? So we can just get the fuck on with it. We've yeah. suffered enough, yeah. Most, we the majority, all have, the yeah. high, vast majority of us have done our due. Yep, yep. Right. Fuck the restrictions. Yeah, for let's, us, let's party. Right. Yeah, if we need a booster. Fine, whatever. Yeah, do whatever let's you just want. get yeah. it going. But let's live our lives normally. Exactly. Let's have rock shows. Let's allow bars to be open. Let's yeah. Have full this back and forth has not been good at all. And like, I think that's a huge thing that people struggle with: the back and forth, the back and forth, the, the moving of the goalposts and the changing of yeah. things. And it's it's hard for it's hard for a business owner. It's hard for a parent. It's hard for a musician. It's hard for well. It's a hard to even want to make your decisions for set vaccine or stuff like that. Like everything, it's still all up in the air. There's there's more, like you said, there's more science to it now, but it's still not there for someone like myself to make my own personal opinion on it because the goalposts are moving all the time. It's, there's nothing concrete to it. And I mean, you can argue that there's really nothing concrete with anything, there but, right. but in that sense, Try releasing that, an album. <laughs> exactly. In all fairness exactly. though, science, and I, I did go to university for a little bit of science. I'm not a scientist by any stretch of the imagination, but science isn't a, you know, isn't a, concrete a, black it, and it white. Isn't. Yeah. It's yeah. always moving. It's always changing. It's and our but, understanding of it. But yeah. there are certain parts of it that, you know, become theories and laws that are, yeah, there's a bunch a of constants, like, yeah, you know, for sure. gravity mm-hmm. and sure. certain things like that. Right. Know? But at the end of the day, um, science is about data 
mm-hmm. disproving and proving and disproving and proving right. and disproving. And then when you disprove something or approve something enough, mm-hmm. then it becomes. Yeah, then you become that average median where it's a, a, an actual result right. versus a theory versus this versus that. Right? And in this situation, we are the experiment. That's, that's an excellent point. I like that you point. say that yeah. because I think that's been my personal opinion. I'm not an anti-vaxxer or anything like that, but I, I, I mean, it's this, it's an experiment. It's a medical experiment. And I, I don't like to politicize it all that much. I mean, we do, but at the end of the day, I do I don't want to be a medical experiment. And I think that's my prerogative. If right. I have restrictions on me, so be it. But I, I don't want to be an experiment. Yeah, that's there's, there's my, that's, yeah. that's right. just my and opinion. That's, freedom, exactly. and that's a great my thing about living in a sovereign free country. being. Yeah. I'm right. allowed to say I don't want to be an experiment. Yeah. That worries me. Um, and that's how I want to. Yeah. yeah. And just, just wait and see what, see what happens and, right. and do everything you need to do to make yourself safe and everyone you're around safe. And I'm and not going what, out there licking doorknobs or hanging out with people with no. colds or COVID. If I have a band, it, that was one time. That was one time. <laughs> it was one time. <laughs> That's why I bring it up. What do you want from me? I'm so glad you haven't named and blamed me. Or anything I did not like name that. and blame. <laughs> just once. It was one time. Just once. <laughs> So, yeah, I think what we should do is definitely get Ray back in here before Christmas. And I was just talking to Sean. He's going to he's gonna put that out to his bandmates and we'll try to get him in here mm-hmm. uh, before Christmas. And when we do, we'll release that. And we will give a shout out to Alley Cats. Um, we'll give Mike a shout out there at Alley Cats, which is on Mississauga Street in Aurelia. And this awesome. beautiful album. They sell vinyls and albums. They in. do. And they have, uh, they got the Ray album there every time I've been there. I take a look every time to make sure they have stock of it. And, always pull it out and tell Mike how great they were here. And he, I think Mike went to see you guys at Geneva actually, did, yeah. and said it was fantastic too. So uh, thanks to Alley Cats for promoting local, great local musicians. I'll have to head there. I've never been. It's fantastic. We usually go every Sunday and kind yeah. of Can I browse third around. Wheel with you yeah, you should. Yeah, you should come down. Posters. Yeah, they got posters. They got pretty everything. much everything. Love it. Yeah, it's a great little, yeah. it's a great little Very place. Cool place. Yeah, we love it. And we, we're super appreciative, Sean, for you to make your way up here from Aurelia today to join us on the podcast. Is there anything else you want to plug before we wrap this up? No, not really. I, mean, I, I really I, want to say I appreciate you telling that story that you said you've never expressed to anyone else. That's, that's a heavy story. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's quite a journey. No and, wonder. Yeah, this is so important to my, you. My family, hour. a few close friends. Like, you know, people don't realize what goes into certain things in life. And everybody's got a story and everybody's... For you sure. Know, and I think it's just where, you know, respecting people's art or music or whatever they do in life. You know, everybody's got a journey and some people's are a bit harder. And I've always, yeah, easier, and I, right? I think I've always respected that that diversity of the journey and the diversity, of, especially of live music. I mean, we had a band on... What was it a few, few weeks ago now when Pretty was here, Tron? Yeah. 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 And Pretty, I mean, we had them once before and they're, how old would they be? 20, mid 20s? I think so. Yeah. And they play very, very similar to the glam band that you were in. They all did, they all do their makeup and they have their sparkles and they have their own thing. And um, I absolutely loved it. It was a show. Yeah. Like they put on a show. I loved some of the songs, loved their getup, loved the whole like the show aspect of it, like it felt like a rock show, mm-hmm. right? And just young kids doing doing their best and making just performing, yeah, yeah making great s- songs, like good good writing, like yeah, 
And they, and they were a lot, a lot of fun. And, I, and then they had some local roots here. I think the, the, the young fellow that promotes them, um, his father actually comes here a bunch. And I, I've become great friends with him. And uh, they, they were just great. And again, maybe not my cup of tea for music, but... Enjoying someone's by art? The, by the second set, I fucking loved it. I, was, I thought it was awesome. So cool. Yeah. And, and I, that's what I love about musicians and artists and, yeah. and anyone that really puts everything into something which obviously you know yeah. you have uh telling your story to to us today that we it really appreciate translate. it translate to the music it translate to the people that come and watch the event and probably to your bandmates and your family members and obviously your son and daughter uh when that kind of stuff can come to fruition i believe truly that you've already succeeded thank and I, I think it's a, a brilliant I, success story thank you yeah. i think you know if if anybody does take the time to listen um one of the things about the album is um you know i'm really proud of the production i'm proud of the way it flows as an album because today is streaming artists just put out singles and collections of right. singles a lot there's an uh, an art of putting an album as that's, a why, that's why that's why i love vinyl and that's well, why and I have the one issue with spotify you can just go and look up one song and you don't get the experience story of the album and the yeah that flow to it which yeah. i think the first album that ever really like um i understood the flow to it was pink floyd yeah right um, what's dark side of yeah, dark side of the moon yeah. classic right and there's no troubles for that influence. album no i was young <laughs> like i was young <laughs> right. I think I really, I've always loved music, obviously opening a, a venue for live music. Yeah. I've always loved music, but I never really, really started to understand musicians and artists until I, I got the turntable and I started putting vinyl on. Yeah. I'd, I'd listen from side A to side B and, and this album, uh, Butterfly Tongue Revisited, has a very, very nice flow from side A, track one to side B, final. Wow. Uh, like you put them in in the yeah. order they're supposed to be for the album, right? Yeah. That that's the it flow and the and the journey yeah. that you thought of exactly. in your brain and, and, and it translates to the, the other listener. thing I didn't want is every song sounding the same. So like we we tore down the drums every song. Right. Set them up differently in a different spot with different mics, a different snare oh, or cool. a ride. Oh amazing. Uh some songs, like three of them have two drum kits playing, one on the left, one in the right. Right. Uh same with the guitars. I didn't want anything sounding the same. Like that's another thing with albums that bore me sonically you know right mm -hmm. and if you think of music like this was definitely made smoke a dube put headphones or your earbuds in um Can't it's a dimensional yeah. journey like yeah for sure you know on, with, when you're in earphones it's 180 degrees this way right yep. and then you've got your depth with your effects this way you got it and everything every instrument every part was purposely placed. yeah you can and you can tell it's a, it's 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 well done it's well produced and and it sounds fantastic this but, will be the next album i listen to while i'm on some medicinal truffles yes you should do that out in the bush well done enjoy i i like doing that like i have a full playlist for my my mushroom trips yeah, and i it. like you were exp uh describing earlier about how you experience the music like it is visceral and yeah. it's emotional and you yeah. go on a journey and that's, I like listening to music when I'm on mushrooms. So yeah. I like to listen to the full album, experience that all. Like I go out in the bush and just sit there nice. and tune out. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll <laughs> and love so I will, be doing, I will be doing your album next. So I think what we'll do is try to get to get you guys booked in before Christmas. We'll give you all the shout outs on the, on the podcast and all our platforms. We do have a vinyl to give away. Uh, we'll be yeah. posting. So when we post this episode, um, we will be putting up the album on our Instagram and both mine and Keith's 
and we'll pick somebody that's reposted the album to take home this vinyl yeah. that Sean brought up for us. You Thank you it. for doing that. And we'll get Thank you here you. right before Christmas so you can people can pick all these vinyls up here at the show for a, a great Christmas present for a family yeah. member. You should do... I, I, I'm going to tell you you should do that. You and Mike need I'll to have it. a little vinyl corner. Cool we, will, we will do it. We will do yeah. it. We're always looking for new ideas to, for revenue streams. And I like to obviously. impose my ideas on Keith. And Good. he usually listens. And he listens. I have, to <laughs> listen. I have to listen. I have to sit across from her. If I don't listen, she reminds me. Or I send him really aggressive texts. Awesome. Well, Tron, do you have, any, you have anything to... You have anything to say to, Sh- to Sean here? Oh, before man. His journey uh, brought back a lot of memories in the 90s of just, <clears throat> for, for me, um, starting here with uh, Derek Rutan, an artist now, a country artist. Um, he's in Nashville now. He's doing really well. And then after high school, trying to figure out what to do. And so the band at, our, at that time I was in, we just took everything we had, moved to London, Ontario, lived in the same house together, so we could write and record. And uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, you can have amazing music, but if you don't have all those things, those channels all in line, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, and sometimes it's just luck of the draw, too. Yeah, luck of the draw. Well, if any album needs to succeed, this would be one, and we urge everyone to to have a listen. So we'll be pushing it on you guys. We will. (laughs) We'll push it on the podcast. We're going to put some of the songs on the podcast so you guys can listen, too. And obviously, Mm -hmm. you can find them on Spotify. Where else can they find you? Spotify, Apple, Deezer, you name it. I'm perfect. I'm, I think Everywhere. there's like 30 streaming services. Amazing. <laughs> Ray spelt R-E-A-Y. You got it. And the YouTube Butterfly channel's channel. got all the videos on it. Yeah, that's right. Perfect. And right. check, and you got a website too? Yeah. Ray.com. Raymusic.com. Raymusic.com. Great bio on there. Some great pics on there. And uh, the whole album's on there too. So everyone check it out. Check these guys out. And we will keep you posted if we get them here. It was lovely having you up. Yeah, thank you so much. much. And it's good meeting you finally. I will make it to the next show, I promise. Yeah, you'll have to be here. (laughs) I will. All right, well, we're going to shut down for part one of episode 13. Thank you again, Sean. Um, Yeah, thank you so much. We're going to take another little break and we'll be back, just Keith, Tron, and I. Um, Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back. We'll be back. Awesome.
Okay, we're back. Part two. Part two of our amazing episode with uh, Sean Murray from Ray, the lead singer of Ray. And we what a story said, that was. I know. We just said goodbye to him now. but um, Yeah, he's on his way back to Oro. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, wild story. And we were just Insane. talking to Tron. You were saying that anyone can relate to something like that. Oh, like, totally. That's totally. in the music industry. Art, like anything. What right. A, what, what amazing dedication, Genius. though. Right? Uh, like, I mean, he, this is something he truly, truly believes in, and, and I, I don't blame him for it because I think the album is absolutely amazing. They put on an amazing live show too. They're so great live. I mean, you've you've mixed them both times, right? Yeah, yeah. They're they're such a good live band. Man. I'm so and, bummed I haven't seen them because I've listened to some of their music. I, I haven't listened to the full album start to finish, right? But you've showed me some songs, and I have. I, I love them, but. To hear his story and to get to know the artist behind right. the music is entirely a unique and awesome experience. And I love that you and I are doing that. Yeah, I mean, hearing his journey uh, just makes me want to listen to the album more. Right. Uh, I want to listen. To, I'm going to listen to it in a totally different light tonight. I'm gonna, yeah, with, get a new with insight. With the dedication and the passion and everything that, that came for this album to even exist and for it to sit in front of me, you know, on a piece of vinyl in, mm-hmm. in a beautiful case here. Uh, with his band members on the back. I mean, I, I'll listen to it tonight with a completely different... Uh, Me too. Completely different mind. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, there was a couple other things that Keith, John, and I are going to talk about before we close up on episode uh, 14. Yeah, we'll just do a little quick little uh, did, recap I, of the week. Or? I wanted to talk about this past weekend. Tron, how did you feel getting back up on stage? Did you have a good night? Yeah, it was uh, <clears throat> it was pretty crazy. Like just doing the sound check, and then I had Andrew go up do the drums for me. So it wasn't a true sound check, but it was enough for me to get things rolling. Right. And then I normally get Keith. To, I, I run him through the board, and he he understands that. You need like a sound apprentice. That's me. Yeah. You don't know how to turn shit on. I can. I'm getting there. He does. He he got this thing rolling today. So. Yeah. I did. I had every. I had the mics all hooked up today. I had the all board right, ready. Right. I'm, well, I'm getting there. Your apprenticeship is going. I'm, it's I'm, it's 
very young in my apprenticeship. <laughs> but, uh, it's something that I quite enjoy doing, and I really love yeah. working with the lights. But you guys killed it and, this weekend. Yeah, they did. I mean, the Harsh Mellows uh, took the stage, and you guys came in around 6.30 or so, 6 o'clock, and started getting everything set up, and, and Tron yeah. was kind of behind the board and sound check. And, uh, well, and then Tron disappeared for like an hour. Yeah, and you rolled in. You rolled <laughs> yeah. in early too on yeah Saturday so night. you told me to come in for like seven ish and i was i was bored yeah, so i bored. came in for like five five thirty well like, you were here now. and uh, the band was setting up and there was maybe two people in the bar mm-hmm. yeah, i was a bit concerned i was the like the street Ugh. was the street was dead it was raining it, it was, was raining cold. it, it was, it was snowing it's, you know almost mid-november a little bit of snow in the air and i'm like oh no man like is this that night? Is what, that uh, night where we yeah. got a band on stage and there's, you know, mm-hmm. two people bartending and two people at the bar. And But then Andrew been... came in and said that he had sold some tickets. Yep. And uh, that there were people coming. So we're like, all right, all right, it's dead now. Yeah, they, and I they, didn't know. He said he had come. pre-sold some tickets. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd looked on, uh, on the phone and I'd sold a few tickets online during the day as well. And Lori was coming in to work the door. And then at about 8.45... Four people came in, and then a group of six came in, and then another four people, and then other people, and, the and then the ticket knew, holders started the coming in. The entire bar is packed. By quarter after nine, yeah. when you walked, what did you, what'd you think when you walked back in here <laughs> after going home? Yeah, because I, I just thought I was coming to like a very quiet night, and um, we parked the vehicle, and I could hear a, a lot of talking going on. I'm like, okay, and I walked in, and it's like full. Right. Yeah. So it was very, it's very rare for me to get like 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 anxiety and freaked out and sure. you know just seeing that changeover so oh, did you get like the, it filled the up little in a nervous hurry. like energy some butterflies yeah, nervous totally. poop totally yeah well and i and i was super thankful kelsey was here because mike was in my business partner mike he was in the city this weekend mm-hmm. and Andrew our head bartender stage. is the lead guitar player <laughs> our sound guy is the drummer um our and your sound guys up on the stage and up on yeah. the stage my bartender's on the stage the guy that we call sometimes to help out is the lead singer in the band <laughs> yeah. so he can't bartender to the door uh half the staff is on half the, the stage. staff is on the stage so and had, like, mike's in to toronto about so, coming in yeah and you had said you might come in and, and listen and be around to help out and well that's what i was planning for the friday when we had like a comedy yeah. night i wasn't gonna work mm-hmm. necessarily but i was gonna help at least do like some bussing right some you know well thank god you were here because the place was packed you wouldn't yeah. have been able to do that by yourself uh, no, because, uh, you know, and Lori was coming in and, and Mike said, you know, get her to walk around and clear tables and glasses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But she couldn't leave the door because people were coming in all night and you got the vaccine passport. She got to check yeah. and then I she's got to do, do the odd thing. And then I'm I'm coming over to check the soundboard. So, I mean, yeah, thank you so much, Kelsey, for being here. No and, we, and we had a great night. We had a lot of fun. It was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. How yeah. was your first eight and a half hour bar shift after COVID? Um, so the next morning, I thought I was going to die. Like, I wasn't wearing the right, proper footwear. And I haven't stood on my feet doing that kind of thing for eight and a half hours behind the bar. And I couldn't tell you how long. So I was hurting, but it was a satisfying hurt. Uh, there were some little... little wanted to pound my head against the wall moments with some of the like mandate questions like I had a customer walk up to me and say like I'm double vaxxed do I have to keep my mask on like the whole night I'm like well sir you're double vaxxed aren't aren't you fine and he's like well like I could still get it I'm like no not if you go sit down at your table you can't get it (laughs) right you can take your mask off when you're sitting down you can't get COVID like isn't that isn't that the rule isn't that 
That's the new Isn't rule. Isn't that the logic? Um, so he walked away. And yeah. there was just some moments that I was like, oh my God, I realized why I retired from this serving gig. But it was awesome. I actually really enjoyed it. I, I've been painting for so long, so yeah. it's nice to kind of... Nice change. Nice and you worked, change of pace. You, work, you didn't work Saturday, right? You, painting? You were off, yeah. So yeah, no, 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 no. It was just... Um, yeah, just you guys on the just weekend. Chilling, just chilling. Yeah, us. so it was it was really nice to get back in the bar, especially working with you and yeah, it was seeing the marshmallows like all my buddies. Yeah, and you guys played till like twelve thirty. Put on a great mm. show. I mean, everyone loved it. There was here, and uh, we we had a great. It felt like it felt like it was supposed to like that. There was a rock mm. band on stage. The bar was packed. People were having beverages, and everyone had a blast. Played some great music. And I that's got one it. of our first nights that we like we wrapped up and we were out of here at two a.m. I know. I by like one, I was hurting. My feet were a little sore. I think I, was I sent like, Ra- Rachel was on? home because she worked. She worked a shift at Carrie's. She was home, and I think I sent her a message at like eleven thirty, and I was like, I am fading. Like I'm. Were you fa- fading by that? Yeah, time? I'm fading because I had to. I worked a little bit in the morning on Saturday, Painting, and then I yeah. yeah, and then I came, got the bar already because Mike had already left uh, for the city. I got the bar already and opened. We had a four-piece band on stage in the afternoon. Jim and right. Frank and Jim were here Saturday I saw afternoon. I stories on Instagram. Yeah, so I got them set up, got the board set up for that. You had popped in yep. for that. Um, I opened the bar for Liam. Then I left and I had to go do. I had to go to another job and do a little bit because uh, I'd worked with Tron, I think, on Friday. And I went back there and did something. And then I was back home, showered quick, and back here by... I think Liam, Liam had a show at the Griffin, yeah. so he was playing at the Griffin. He asked if I could be back by like 4.30 because he had to get to the music store probably for some strings or something. Yeah. So I was here and... Precision music. Yeah, so... And, <laughs> All right, and, but it was, a, it was a great <laughs> night. Like, it's it's a funny thing. Without live music on, on stage when I'm bartending, it's a completely different gig than when yeah. there is live music. The, the energy in the room is different. You feel different. Um you're jamming along with the band. Yeah. I mean, there was a bunch of times we're all, you know, we're clapping along. I did we're a request. You did um, a request. At one point, yeah, I asked he did Bear. a lot of those. So, well, I walked yeah, straight did. up to Bear after that, I gave you guys shots. Like and and I, I was surprised at how quickly he listened to me because uh, Bear usually likes to ignore me. Did you notice how fast Tron said he did a lot of those in a, in a very assertive way? Are those no, are did. those requests? But uh, I asked rehearsed? him to play. I asked him to play Britney Spears. Uh, Hit me, baby, one more time, which he did for my birthday podcast. Yeah. And I was like, oh, "So yeah. are you gonna play Britney?" And he's like, "Yeah." Immediately went right into the song. That's like, gotta be great it was for already, the band, eh? It yeah. was already playing by the time I got what back to the go? bar. And then it was a free Britney moment. She was free off her conservative ship last weekend, so I think it was a good good request. Andrew's Andrew's a very to the point and like. A very linear guy. He likes to know what's going on. He likes a set list. So yeah, and he's very he's very concise. He's the same when he bartends and everything else. Yeah. And I remember after <laughs> after break uh, when you guys had your set break. Yeah. And he ca- and he came over. I'm like, you want anything? He's like, yeah, new lead singer. <laughs> First, he's, he's like, yeah, new lead singer would be great because yeah. he's taking so many yeah, requests. He's taking requests, and he's just you know go. But I think <laughs> I personally think that's the a great thing about Bear when he performs. Oh, is yeah, he, yeah. He, he does perform for the audience, mm-hmm. right? And I know it can't be great for the drummer, the bass player, and the lead guitar player, but it's definitely great for me laughing because I'm looking at Andrew and I know he's pissed. <laughs> 
Tron's Tron's anxiety is through the roof because he's still worried. But you're that still I'm actually you listening. hide yourself in the corners so well. Like yeah, I yeah, understand he tucks the drum kit like, in deep. I yeah. tried. To, I took like ten <laughs> pictures because I was going to post all the pictures on social media. Not one of them has got Tron in it. Yeah. Bear. Every time Bear moves, Tron like tucks in behind him so he can't be seen. Uh, but you guys, you guys I did a great job, and we can't we can't wait to have you back. Mm-hmm. And I, I know everyone had a great time, and I mean, it made my shift a, a hoot for sure. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great just playing. And you know, we're not like an artist band like like Sean and right. Ray. So to have somebody or people come in and pay the fifteen dollars yep. right off the bat and sit and watch and enjoy the show that means a lot. Yeah. Well, and I think too that there is there is that one thing. I mean, there's there's people at the door, and I even told Lori too. You know, when people come to the door and they ask what's going on, I, I tell them there's a live band on stage. Mm-hmm. This is a ticket. It's not cover. When it's a ticket, you're buying to see the show. Yeah. All the money from the tickets go to all of our artists. You know, we pay the door and sound, but all that money from tickets go to the show. It's just like if you're going to the theater to see a show, you pay, you pay for a ticket. You're not paying cover. So we never charge cover here at Bracebridge Hall. We we charge ticket prices, and that ticket money goes to goes to the band, goes mm-hmm. to goes to them touring, goes to them putting gas in their vehicle, goes to them like Sean to put money into recording an album or doing whatever. And that's the great thing that I love about this little venue is that those tick, all that ticket money and all that ticket revenue goes right into the artist. And that's what it was always all. That's what it's always been about here. Yeah. Um, because that's what we we love to do. And even the art on uh, art on the walls that we sell for artists, we take a very very small percentage. Where most galleries take fifty percent. Really. We're, we're about the artist, right? Um, and and that's where the money should go, so they can create more art. Whether, well, whether it be music or live or visual art or well, anything that's they the do. Best spot, like, that's the best part about you guys here at the hall. It is like, I think what I brought up in the Awakening episode is like this artist hub that I kind of want in my right. future as well. Yeah. But I think a lot of that has been influenced by what you've created here with the art on the walls, the, the music, the artists that come in here to perform, the right. comedy nights you have. Like, yep. I, I love that atmosphere to it. And you guys definitely execute it so well. Yeah, and, and it's all about supporting the visual and, and and music and anything that's artistic, anyone that has those an artistic those starving outlet, artists, yes, to give them an outlet and and a place to perform and show their art is uh, that's all I've ever wanted to do, and it and it and I'm so happy that it works out. Yeah, mm-hmm. feels good because uh, <clears throat> there are gigs for bands where you if if you if there's a place where they have bands, you you call them. They say, okay, this is what we pay. You have to bring your own PA system. You have to set up yourself. There's no sound guy. You got it. And you got to do your four sets, and then you get paid at the end of the night, and maybe you get a drink, maybe you get a meal. Who knows? But here, we know, you feel it, that every penny that people pay is going towards you. And I think think every artist that comes here they every time they get off this stage i mean one one their very their very very first comment is how great it sounds on stage two how great the atmosphere and the audience is mm-hmm. and three when can we come back yeah yeah you know that's that's yeah. that that's the genealogy of every artist that's ever come here wow it the, well, and that's a testament to you, Tron, for the sound and yeah. that's a testament to you too, Keith, and what you've created here and right. the, and <laughs> yep one yep. moment. Still going? One, Just one our moment. Soundboard went one out. One moment. I think you can probably still hear us. Um, well, think about when... Um, think about when Pretty 
like after the show they just they just felt like massive rock stars they did who pretty yeah yeah they, okay. they, they couldn't believe they loved it and it was yeah. it was almost a full house but not quite but they they were ecstatic and and they they got all the money from and they couldn't even believe they got paid what they got paid yeah and another thing when you do a great show and you're loving every every second of it the load in the sound the playing and then uh, one of the bar owners says, yeah, just leave your stuff here. Pick it up the next day. Right. And even, I mean, when Pretty had their break, uh, you know, they were a little nervous their first set, right? I think it was their first show since COVID or whatever. And they were they were a little. And I went out and I, I talked to them and I'm like, how are you guys feeling? They're like, well, how long do you want us to play? And I'm like, you guys can play till two in the morning if you want. I don't yeah, give a shit. Yeah. You want to play is, a bunch of covers? You want to do whatever? What do you want to do? Well, I said all your stuff set up on the stage. Make the best of it. You're already here. You already drove here. You're here. There's a bunch of people here. Yeah. You, you want to you run out of songs and you want to play a Radiohead song or a Blind Melon song or something totally completely funky? Go nuts. They're like, what? I'm like, it's yeah. <laughs> if you want to just play your, the rest of the songs that you have in your set and you want to get out of here, you're fine to do that too because that that's the that's the gig. Yeah. Two sets at whatever length you want. Mm-hmm. But if not, you get and they're just the looks on their faces. And then their second set was just. Unbelievable. Yeah. They had no anxiety. They had no stress. They weren't worried about when they should get off stage or what they're doing. They didn't think of anything anymore. All they thought about was playing music and had a blast. And it showed right away in their second set. Mm -hmm. And it was phenomenal. So shout out to Pretty, too, because they they were great. Yeah. I'll have to check them out. Yeah. They're pretty fun. They're pretty fun, for sure. Awesome. What Um, else are we going to talk about before we get out of here on a beautiful Monday night? Okay. So I had some... (laughs) I like I write down some notes and stuff during the week for episodes that we're going to be having. Yes, like you do. I I just do little tidbits here and there. And I was looking through uh, some of my notes that I made this past week after our last episode. And uh, I clearly did all of these while I was really stoned at night. Uh, I can tell where my mind was going. Um, I I tend to get into the this simulation reality aspect when I get really like. I I look at the world like, oh, this is just one big Sims video game. Right. <laughs> Except yeah. whenever my higher self isn't telling me what to do, I don't go immediately go for a glass of water in the bathroom. Like I don't do that. Uh, but you don't panic. No, I don't. I don't start fires in the kitchen just because my my person isn't can. telling me what to do. Um, but I had like this thought the other day, um, and it's kind of like an extension off of that. And Tron, I might need your help with this because I know you're big on video games. But when I was younger, there was this video game that I would play with my cousins. And it's some medieval type thing that it's like uh, you make decisions as you go. Like you've got options um, of certain decisions that you can make when you're interacting with the characters or scenarios. And eventually your character starts to mold into... Or it starts to look different. Like if you make more selfish, evil decisions, you start turning into a dark, um, evil being, and it starts showing in your eyes and your character. Whereas if you make some more positive decisions or helpful decisions that benefit other people, yourself that aren't selfish or evil or doing any wrong by your fellow NPCs, um, that it starts to show in your character as well. And I. <laughs> I so it's kind of like a sliding doors thing where if you yeah, go through one I, door, I like those video your games character that, goes one way and it's like... Or it's like you you interact with a 
some sort of character and you get options of how you interact with that person. You can either like rob them or you can help them or you can, you know, ignore them. But your character gets molded as you go throughout this game. Right. And I I was randomly thinking about it on the weekend. Um, and I, I thought about it. I'm like, it's really kind of like how react like this simulated matrix reality that we live in too. I was listening to a podcast episode and I've mentioned Sam Tripoli on tinfoil hat you have, plenty yeah. of times. He's got like over 500 episodes. He's got Eddie Bravo on there and stuff. I think he's buddies with Joe Rogan, but they do a lot of really, really cool deep dives. And there was an episode that he had released last week. And I think it's probably one of my all time favorite episodes that he's ever had. Episode 508 it's called The Luciferian War Against Humanity with Matt Belair. And Matt Belair is actually Canadian. He's helped um, athletes over in Whistler and stuff uh, developing a mind consciousness, mindfulness attitude. Um, I got stuck on it because I thought it was going to be more about the Luci Luciferian elite, Satanistic stuff. I think the little headline was a thing from Astroworld, which they briefly talked about. But right. near the end of the episode, he's talking about how... The, the aspect of your actions at the end of your life and at the end of your day, everything that you do, you're going to look back on. And he had a, he had a near death experience and he said that he saw all of his experiences and all his wrongdoings that he's done in his like near death experience. He saw it like a slideshow and everything that he's done wrong to someone else, he experienced it as the experiencer. And it was bringing up a lot of philosophical like life death scenarios in my head of that at the end of our lives like what do we have to show for it? not just money the house the right. job the passions that satisfy you but how do you interact with other people and how do people perceive you from their interactions well, with them well how gra how great of you to have had that journey and fi find this all out write it all down before we have this episode Mm -hmm. um, it's something you want to talk about on this episode. And then we have a guest like Sean who comes in mm -hmm. and goes through his entire life turmoil and situation where decision after decision, the same thing. He had to make a decision. Does he just take the music or does he do the moral approach? And it does maybe he give not up necessarily on it or helped he him. Going? Right. But at the end of the day, he sat with those decisions because they felt right in his bones. That's right. And it just... It, I mean, it's a little hack to this reality of life is that at the end of the day, like I, I want to start looking at every interaction I have with someone is how am I making someone else feel at the end of this? Like, I don't want to be a pushover, but at the end of the time, at the end of the day, I don't ever want to be someone that someone else explains to me as a selfish, m malicious, evil individual. I want to be warm and kind and help other people and fulfilled. And I think I, it's just like that video game that I grew up playing as a kid that the decisions I make with people and in scenarios, I don't want to be evil at the end of my life. I don't want to sell my soul or anything like that. Do I think any that's, that's one of the reasons that we became good friends too, is we both we both try to see the compassion uh, or, or we We're both, both very have, empathetic. Yes. And we both have the compassion for people and uh, we both want people to succeed. And like, like me having art on the walls or a band on the stage or whatever I do in life, I try to, I try to see the good in people. And that's what the great thing about being a centralist is, is you don't take the bad. You don't take 
good. You don't put ourselves in a you box. You don't put yourself right? in a box. You try to see one side, you try to see the other, and you, you come to the middle ground where your moral standing and what you want to be, you put out to the other other people yeah. around you and you try to boost them up, right? And that's and that's the best thing about And at the end of our at the end of our life, like are you gonna be proud of the interactions you've had, proud of the person that you are? Yes, we all have regrets. Right. But how do we make up for those regrets? Well, from and, something and maybe we've done ten years ago that we that still haunts us to this day, that we didn't like that we did that. But how how do you kind of go forward with that and how well, do you- and how poignant was it when sean said his, his grandfather was 96 on his deathbed and he and he said do you have what would you like to say or is there anything he, he said wow that was quick yeah well and they're like you know the very cheesy line of the money doesn't buy happiness i think we live in a very capitalistic society that really traumatizes society to kind of if you don't have money and the security your life is a waste. But I think at the end of the day, what's really setting home with me recently is who you are as a person, your character, your character development. I think I've said it on an episode before where like opening this bar, this is probably the least amount of money I've ever had in my life since I was 19 and probably the happiest I've ever been at the same time, less the anxiety of not having money. Because you don't have money. Um, does not make you a bad or a good person. And if you do have money, it doesn't necessarily make you a good person. It doesn't make you happy. No, Whereas if, you, if you work characters- hard and have lots of money, then okay. And if you don't, and or you work hard and don't have lots of money, okay. I think it just comes down to that moral standing of how you treat other people and how you, and how you, yeah. you know, go through that life path to be the person you want to be. And I mean, it's another, and it's one of the things I think we've done very well here at Bracebridge Hall is, is someone like Tron who, you know, has has dedicated so much of his time and not even paid time, right. free time to setting up and taking down before bands and do, and and doing sound. And now he he brings his laptop every time and records stuff. I'm sure he does it for his own nerdy little brain because he wants to <laughs> listen to the music and see yeah. and and edit it and work on his own stuff because that's that's Tron's passion. Yeah. But for him to have have bought in so much to something that we're doing here, I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't, we wouldn't be where we are. We are without Tron for sure. Right, and well, oh, that's thanks. yeah, man. Yeah. And, and we, we and, and I mean, I know Mike does, but I, and I'm a little bit better at saying it. But I mean, I love the guy, and I, I just met Tron here too, right? So our yeah. friendship has has blossomed so much and and i really really appreciate everything you've done for bracebridge hall and, and tron you've yeah, been on you. one episode of our podcast and it's all i heard about all weekend yeah is you how got more props than so. we did all, all weekend like I was we've a little done bit pissed off. we've done 12 episodes <laughs> just like keith and i with some guests and we have you on for one episode and everyone can only rave about you yeah. so. uh that feels <laughs> good my inner ego was hurt <laughs> yeah i mean like i was like <laughs> so yeah was he's Kelsey's. great but he's not that great no. like, <laughs> yeah and then you go up <laughs> play, then you go up on stage and play drums too and Kelsey and I, yeah, fucking guys up there playing drums too, being a God being a star on this, a rock star too. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we but do. we do really appreciate and and you know what? Uh, and also the the help that you've been and and kind of bought in to this project too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we really definitely. really appreciate you just coming in, doing the music, editing, helping us set up with the sound. Ever since you started doing sound for us from that Tony Clement interview, I think we've, the game has changed. Everything has changed for the podcast yeah. and, and the sound, everything has just gone to another level. And now you're not allowed to leave. And like now you're, you're a co-co-host. Yeah. Now, that, now it's the three of us, which yeah, is feels fantastic. Good. Yeah. And it does, it does feel good to be around people who have a passion for something. Yeah. Um, you know, 
there's no monetary value at this point for what we're doing other no. than the sheer joy of of conversation and getting getting ideas out there to the to, to the world which and is we're really all friends at the end of the day so our conversation can flow really really well and I like that uh, people were saying to me this weekend, they're like, we just feel like a fly on the wall in a conversation with you guys. And I'm like, that's yeah. what it's supposed to be. Like, those are the podcasts, conversations that I like to hear where you're just, you you may not know totally what these people are talking about or who they're talking about, but you feel like a fly on the wall. And it's fun and interesting. And the the comedic humor, the yeah. the the relationships, I think it clearly translates between our conversations, how comfortable we are with each other and how much we really love and appreciate what we're doing here. And to have those yeah. people in the room that do it. I mean, I love seeing Andrew roll in. He comes around the corner and Igor's with heads Igor. popped out or in the summer, the, the heads out the window with the hair flying. And they're, Andrew's they're always characters. got a story when he comes in about something and he's usually pissed off about something or he's, you know, he's ready to go. <laughs> but at the, And the same thing. We wouldn't still be here without Andrew. The dedication mm -hmm. that he's put in behind the bar and the hours and, and moving up here and, and and he loves his life here and, and it shows. He gave me a hug on the weekend. Wow. That was probably the nicest I've ever seen Andrew. <laughs> and I even said We've it had him lots of drinks. Oh, he was pretty, pretty drunk, but right. he gave it came up and like gave me an unsolicited hug. I'm like, what's wrong with you? And yeah, it's like, been oh, pretty great. Jameson. It's been pretty great. <laughs> yeah. So we, we love everything that we're doing and, and we love the podcast and we, and, and, and just what you were touching on, I think everything that you give out to the world uh, gives back. And if you, if you create a circle with the, the right people that prop you up all the time, mm -hmm. uh, it's a, it's a positive thing. Yeah. And it, it encourages you to be the best version of yourself. And I, I, I it appreciate and you guys I, for that. I, I'm so thankful for everyone that listens to the podcast and, yeah. and, is, and given it, we had such po positive feedback about episode 13 and, and we did here on Saturday night, people that come in, people that I didn't even know, listen to the podcast or whatever are saying, you know, that episode was great or whatever mm -hmm. and i think that's fantastic and we look forward to just doing so many more episodes and continuing this and, and tron's going to be on with us full time and um we got some great guests i think brock um is in next week and we're going to talk everything china which is going to be fantastic Who, who's that who's that uh, oh, brock watson brock watson he's coming a bunch of times big brock you know big brock um and we're going to talk everything about china everything. he's already oh. he's that's already trolled me a tiny bit on yeah Instagram. that's his topic that he wanted brock <laughs> wow. originally wanted to get a podcast going here when we first opened when greg was here and stuff and he was going to do his own podcast here okay. um but again he's he's super busy as we know it gets it gets difficult we are on a roll two weeks in a row here now i know i'm really back, impressed with us I, but um, i think you have something to do with that tron yeah, because, uh, having you on here too is all exciting, and with how quick you pumped out that last episode, um, yeah, come well on. done. Was it because so, I was on it? I'm pretty that's, sure we that's thought about. I don't know. You tell us. Yeah, you tell us. The last, the last episode that we asked you to edit, I think it took like a week. <laughs> yeah, a week or so. And then the yeah. first episode that we get you on, you're like, "I'll do this tomorrow." <laughs> okay. Yeah, within 24 hours, it's live streaming cool. on all platforms. <laughs> and that's what we plan on and doing. And it's done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's done. It's and that's ready what right we now. plan on doing going forward. We got some great episodes coming up before Christmas. We're going to try to do a live Christmas show as well. Yeah, do you want to do like live on stage again? I think that was cool. Oh, I want to do a live on stage. We're going to do a live on it stage. Fun, We're going to pick a topic yeah. and, and have some people in here, have a mic in the middle of the room, uh, a question for them. We're going to pick a topic for that. And <laughs> one then, question um, per person. One question per person, Bronson obviously. Sit down. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> but uh, again, let's uh, let's everyone go to R E A Y. That's Ray 
music.com. Check out their stuff. Listen to them on Spotify or Apple or any any places you and find music. And repost the posts that we have uh, with the album. You might have a chance to win an album. Yeah, Sean was nice enough to give us a brand new copy of their pressed LP here. Vinyl. 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 And uh, we'll be giving that away to a lucky listener. And we'll, hopefully we'll have some information within the next 24 hours. If these guys are going to come here and play in December, yeah. then you got to come and listen. Yeah, potentially December 18th. We are going to find out within the next 24 hours. Which would be great. Be a great Christmas, gr- Christmas send-off. Mm-hmm. Probably be the last show of 2021, I would imagine. The Christmas break and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may have a New Year's show. Maybe we'll get yeah, a Yeah, I guess for that's New Year's. still in the works. That's still New in the Year's. works, right, too. So we are we allowed to celebrate New Year's? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we're or not. Hey, Tron, do you have anything you want to talk about? No, I think everything. I think we yeah. covered yeah. it. We're not married to any other ideas? I don't think we're married to anything. I think we just had a, a fantastic. Uh, it was talk. nice. It was, you know, it was a good episode. It was like seeing some guy pour his heart out about his passion. Such and, an amazing story and such dedication. My heart and then, melts. oh, yeah. yeah. And, and such a nice guy. Like, he's ever cool. since the first time he came in here, and, and he's, got, he's got a really great stage presence, too. And they put on mm-hmm. a great show. So. Um, I'm I'm excited to listen to this episode and put it out there for everyone. Yeah. So, Tron, what's yeah. our turnover time? 24 yeah. hours or tomorrow two? morning coffee? Tomorrow morning coffee. Wow, really? All oh, right. So this is what this happens. We put Tron one. on an <laughs> on a podcast, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm committed Shit. now." Okay. Well, then I'm, I'll reach out to Sean tonight and get him to send me a couple digital copies of okay. of their music. Oh, right. I will. And then that, maybe yeah. we'll, uh, we will obviously we'll do our intro that we usually do, and mm-hmm. then uh, then go go into a full Ray song before we start the episode and we'll probably put three songs in there do you so you guys f- can really all right. yeah so you guys can really hear his music that's what it's all about and that's oh. what uh, we love uh, to promote we're talking on the fly but this is already going to be done by the time people <laughs> like we're having this conversation at the end of the yeah, podcast you know it. yeah, and it, it's already happened like wow they actually did do that <laughs> <laughs> then there'll, wow. be no, there'll be no songs and they're like those bastards I didn't even hear a Ray song <laughs> we'll figure it out we'll figure it out <laughs> but um, I think that's all we've got so far yeah, so thank yeah you next so much. week we're going to be talking to Brock Watson about all things China. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be oh, fun. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, for thanks for tuning 14. in. And uh, until next time. On the other side of the rail. Peace. Peace.